Right. Can you hear me clearly enough? Okay, so has my accent changed? All these weeks I've come up here to Sheffield. Have I got a bit Yorkshire? No? No? I'm still working on it, you see, you know. <laughs> okay. Deliver it, didn't it? I got my I got my Yorkshire hat. I should have a Yorkshire hat, shouldn't I? <laughs> Amen. Well, Andy's already spoken what I really want to say today. He really has. He's gone, the Lord has gone before us, hasn't he? The Lord has gone before us. Amen. Amen. So what I want to talk to you today is about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The more possession of the Holy Spirit within us. And um, I just want to quickly say how that came about. Because when I was trying to prepare for this talk, I said, okay... What I wanted, you know, the topic has been on prayer recently. We've been, you know, doing a lot of prayer. And I thought, well, let me see um, the book, Reese House, the book, The Intercessor. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have read that. It's a really, really good and anointed book. I've read it when I was a, you know, when I was a student many years ago. And it's still... Still so, reading it now. Still reading it now, exactly. <laughs> and um, so what I thought I was, I was going to do, I said, okay, let me read that book again and just pick out the salient points of, you know, on the topic of prayer, so that I can bring it in to the meeting. So these are the, th- thing, the themes that the Lord taught his house in terms of prayer and intercession. And so that was what I was going to do, you see. So I thought, okay, let me start to read the book. And, um, and I'm sure, lucky, you know, like I said, Reese house was around in the 1930s. Just a, a, a brief back, um, background for those who don't know Reese house. He was an intercessor around in the 1930s and 1950s. And the Lord used him mightily um, for prayer on some real key events in history. You know, things like the, um, when King Edward VIII, when he abdicated, how the Lord revealed to him that it is God's will for King, King Edward VIII to abdicate, you know, with his wife and everything. But, it, you know, everybody would say, well, they didn't want the king to abdicate. But he knew with his walk with the Lord that it is God's will for, king, for the king to abdicate. So he was used by the Lord in prayer and in intercession for that to come about. And how during the Second World War, the Lord used him and, 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 and of people and a bunch of intercessors in the college in Swansea, but how the Lord used Rees House um, in praying for the evacuation of Dunkirk. We know the story of Dunkirk, how the Lord mightily saved the British soldiers and the Commonwealth soldiers, how he managed to save them. And even Churchill at, his, at the time said if we can get over 10,000 back, that would be a miracle in itself if we were to get 10,000 back. But over a quarter of a million soldiers got back. And that's how the Lord used him to pray for that. How the Lord used him in the Battle of Britain yeah. with the Merlin Spitfire. I've got to mention that, haven't I? <laughs> but how the Lord used him and how the Battle of Britain, we all know, you know, you know the story. And then how the Lord used him into prayer and intercession about the, the victory of Montgomery over Rommel and the Desert Rat Army. And then the D-Day landing, how the Lord wanted to have a clear, a clear sky so that the, the soldiers, the Allied soldiers, come into, into France for the D-Day landing. How the Lord used him to mightily to pray and intercede that God's will be done over the enemy because they were fighting against a strong principality at the time. So the Lord used him mightily during the Second World War. 
And then the Lord used him mightily also in praying for the reformation of the nation of Israel. How the Lord, after the Second World War, how the Lord wanted to bring back the nation of Israel. It's how the Lord used him mightily in the reformation of the nation of Israel. So he was a man who was mightily used by God in prayer and in intercession. So I thought to myself, like I said, I thought, well, let me just pick out the salient points of the things that the Lord taught him. But when I went to reread the book again, it was just one clear message. It's all the work of the Holy Spirit within him. It was all the work of the Holy Spirit in him. It was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within him and how the Holy Spirit was allowed to work through him. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit within him. And that was the key for how God used him and his people in the college in Swansea to pray and intercede because they were praying in oneness to what the Lord Jesus wanted, what the Father wanted and what the Lord Jesus wanted. They were in one. Holy Spirit, Father and Son were in union for that will, the heavenly will to come about. And they used a man like Reese House to come that, for that to come about. So the story of Reese House is a story of the Holy Spirit working within a man. And I thought to myself, wow, that's the talk I need to talk about. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit used him. Because it was a journey. He was on a journey. How the Lord first picked him up. He was a minor in Swansea. He, he, you know, I don't go to his life story, but he was a minor. And then the Holy Spirit had to teach him many things on his journey from being faithful in the small things, in the local things. So it was a journey of how the, the Holy Spirit was teaching him and possessing him more. And um, so the first thing the Holy Spirit was teaching him was to be faithful in local things, in local things to be faithful. So it was a journey of him being taught by the Holy Spirit how to pray for the needs of your local surroundings, your friends, your family, people who came up to him. And it's the pointers of the Holy Spirit that gave him a love for people. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that gave him a love for people. And um, it was a continual submission to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in small local things. Because before he's able to do all these great and mighty things that I've already just, just described, we have to, he had to be faithful in the small things, in the relatively small things. And um, some of the things that the Holy Spirit had to teach him was financial. You know, if, you know, you are the answer to prayer. If you start to pray for somebody and, a, and you see that need, the Holy Spirit would say, well, you're the answer to that person's need. It's not somebody else. It's you are the answer. So be careful how you pray for that. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. But, but seriously, we need to be, we are the answer. The Holy Spirit says, I want to use you. So if we start to pray for people, be expecting Expect the Holy Spirit to say you are the answer to that person's problem, whether it be any kind of need. So a financial need, a lending of car. We have to be the answer for that person whom the Holy Spirit puts on our heart for. Okay? So, like I said, he was used for praying for individual needs. And the Holy Spirit would put on his heart for a person who, wants, you know, who the Holy Spirit wants to see that person saved. So he's called upon to pray for that person until the salvation came to that person. So that's an encouragement for us, isn't it? When we pray for, you know, local needs, to be faithful in what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. So he, one of the things, like I said, the Holy Spirit said, if you laid on a person, on a, a burden for an individual, 
And the Holy Spirit said to him, don't give up until that person reaches salvation. So that's one of the things the Holy Spirit taught him. Other things the Holy Spirit taught him was he needed to be obedient to all the prompts of the Holy Spirit, whatever that might be. Um, one of the examples that he, he read in the book was about the hat, you know, these Yorkshire hats. It was in, obviously, he's from the north. He was from the north. And um, it was tradition to have a, always to wear a cap. I wouldn't know so much, living in the south. But it was, it was tradition in the times, in the 30s and 50s, to always have a hat. And to be seen without a hat, it was, well, you're, you're, you know, you're dishonoring the family. What, what's going on? You're not wearing the hat. It's a sort of a family, you know, it's a traditional thing. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to not to wear the hat. I want you to stop wearing the hat. And uh, he said, well, no, I can't do that. You know, the family expects this tradition that I always wear the hat. So it was traditional that I, I should, you know, that I should always wear the hat. But anyway, cutting a long story short, he finally said, I'm going to stop wearing the cap to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And where before, you know, and he, and he might have got some criticism from the, his immediate family to say, what are you doing? But the Holy Spirit was teaching him, you need to be obedient to me first more than the spirit of man. You need to have the fear of God more than the fear of man. So it was these little things, you are the answer to prayer, being obedient to God, to the Holy Spirit, more so than man. Um, and these little, you know, it's these things what the Holy Spirit was teaching him and training him how to be yield to the Holy Spirit more and more. So it was, a, it was from those small beginnings, so to speak, before God took him on the bigger journey on being a man of teaching him, also teaching him faith in small things, believing that God would provide, believing that God is, is his Jehovah Jireh, that he would provide in the smaller things. Because one of the things that he, would, he was learned was um, if he didn't have any money, you know, if he, did, if he obviously had money and the Lord said, give somebody money, he was able to give. But when the Lord called him to, you know, to say, totally depend on me in terms of my, your financial needs, he didn't, have, he didn't have any money, basically. So if there's a need, he could then call upon God to say, look, I haven't, you know, you told me not to have any money. So you've now said that person needs so, so much money. It's for you to provide that money for that person through me to them. So he would have received money only to be able to give it away to the person who had the need. So the Lord was teaching him a faith and a, you know, to believe that God will be his provider. So there you see that journey for him trusting in the small things, in the financial things, in the provisions. That not only just for himself, but to give as the Holy Spirit led him to give. So he was that flow of being used in acts of kindness as well as acts of faith and obedience. So this is all the work of the Holy Spirit and I'm sure we're, all of us are going to be on this journey where we have to be trained and taught by the Holy Spirit to believe in the small things before he can then trust us for the bigger things. So he's through that journey he was effectively promoted by God. I say now that you seem to be faithful and trustworthy from these things I'm now going to trust you for bigger things. So the next phase of his journey with the Holy Spirit was to believe that God will provide a building, buildings. And this is how the school, the Bible school in Swansea came about. He did not have any money, but God laid on his heart a need to say, I want you to build a school, a Bible school. 
Now he can come to his provider. He said, Lord, I've got no money. How he, but God taught him that faith to believe that it was his will for, him, for that building to come about. So he had a faith for a building. So the Lord directed him to a building where he said, this is why I want you to create a Bible school for me. So he, in faith, he believed that this is the builder. So he was claiming that in Jesus, in faith. And then he, then he got a deposit. He managed, the Lord got some money came in, a quite a large sum in, in those terms. And that sum he used to put a deposit on the, house, on the, on the school, the, on the property he wanted, the Lord wanted to buy. And that through acts of faith, when the money was required, that's when the money was p- provided. So he had to continually go on that journey of believing all the time, having to be dependent upon the Lord Jesus, on the Holy Spirit and upon the Lord Jesus to provide when it was needed. And the Lord never failed him. The Lord showed himself to be a faithful God. So he was teaching him that, that, that lesson. So through those acts of faith and that the Lord provided, he was able to build the, the, um, the Bible College in Swansea. And this is where the Bible College was used in those um, prayer and intercession. And I, as I described, some of the, thing, the events that took place in history, that he, the Lord used them, by Weiss House and, and the Bible College, to pray and intercede for those things which we saw in history come about, to that, establish that house of prayer. And the thing that encourages me about that is that... Um, that the, the, the size of the Bible college was about 90 people. You know, when you think of all those events in history that took place, the D-Day landing, the Battle of Britain, the abdication of King Edward VIII, all those things came about was through that, you know, obviously other people prayed, of course. But, you know, the Lord used them mightily with a group of 90 people, basically. And that encourages me, because... Uh, we're going to have a battle ahead of us. But the Lord only needs to use, have a remnant, doesn't he? He just needs a remnant whom he can use, who will trust him and who will go all the way until the victory is won. So that encourages me because, you know, we've got a battle ahead, the Battle of Britain. Anyway, we've got a battle ahead for this country to come to its destiny and purpose. And I want to volunteer myself to be in that battle, to say, Lord, you have a good plan for this nation. And it takes us a group of people, a remnant company, who are willing to go all the way to see that will, to see God's plans to come about. So we could be encouraged by that. Okay. So, like I said, the Holy Spirit um, used his house. We went on a journey with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taught him many things. And just like then, the Holy Spirit needs to teach us many things. And um, so just quickly, just make sure that you've got some basic understanding about the Holy Spirit. I just want to give a few bullet points about the Holy Spirit. Just make sure that you've got the foundations here. The Holy Spirit is a person. I just want to make sure you've got the foundations. He has intelligence, he has, he has his own love, and he has his own will. And that you can read that in Romans 8, verses 26 to 30. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he is God. Again, in Matthew 28, verse 19, and Colossians 2, verse 9. The Holy Spirit dwells in a body, and that body needs to be cleansed for him to dwell deeply within that body. We, he wants to possess our bodies. The Holy Spirit works through a body, 
okay, our body, but it has to be cleansed. That's why non-believers can't be, receive the Holy Spirit, because it has to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit works in a body, a cleansed body. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in a body and he manifests himself that he's in that body by, speak, by that person being able to speak in a new language. So when you see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, when somebody speaks in tongues, that's a manifestation that the Holy Spirit has possession of that body. That's like a deposit that, he ha- that the Holy Spirit is in us, in the, in the body. And that's supernaturally imparted. When we speak in tongues, that is supernaturally imparted into us as a demonstration that the Holy Spirit is within us. The Holy Spirit is a per- is um, the Holy Spirit is one of the three Godheads of the Father and the Son. So it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the three Godheads. And that's said in Matthew 28, verse 19. And the Holy Spirit is the exact representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the exact representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 9. I want the scriptures to back all those things up, okay? So, like I said, Reese House was on a journey with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was teaching him things. And um, some, of the thi- some of the things, I just want to tell you what the Holy Spirit taught him in particular. Some of the things that the Holy Spirit taught Reese House was as follows. And it's similar to what it, I just said in the Word. What, it's similar to what the words I've just said about what the Holy Spirit is, the definition of the Holy Spirit. But things which the Holy Spirit particularly taught Reese House are as follows. And okay, the first one, I need a body for my temple. So I need a body for my temple. So the Holy Spirit wants to create, build a temple within us. Our Holy, you know, we talk about the temple within us, don't we? Of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to build a temple within our bodies so that that begins true worship and adoration to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Father God. He wants to build a temple within, in, within our bodies. So when you read in Scripture about all that the temple, you can relate that to a personal the cleansing of the temple, you can relate that personally, can't you? In terms of he's looking for a holy temple, a holy vessel that he can dwell in to give true worship to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Father God. <coughs> Another thing that the Holy Spirit taught Reese Howard was we must treat the Holy Spirit as God. He's one of the three Godheads, so we must reverently respect the Holy Spirit. It's not something we play around with. He has to be treated reverently. And we must, just like we must fear the, fear the living God, we must also reverently fear the Holy Spirit and to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, just like we would reverently fear the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's no lesser than the Father God and than the Lord Jesus Christ. He's no lesser. So we need to treat him with the utmost, utmost respect. We, we remember the story of Ananias and Sophia, don't we? What happened to them? That should be a warning to each one of us in making sure that we do not mistreat the Holy Spirit. And in these last days when we, the Lord wants to use us, we have to learn to reverence the Holy Spirit, not to mistreat him. So it's important that we give him the full respect and honour that his name does deserve. You know what the Lord Jesus said? If you sin against the Holy Spirit, consequences if we sin against the Holy Spirit. So he's our best friend, but we need to treat him reverently as well. Okay? 
like I said, God wants to build temple, you know, he wants to restore his temple. And God wants to restore his temple here in the UK. There's many broken temples here in the UK. Many broken temples. There's good men and women of God who have been from this land, who have now in heaven, with this, part of the saints in heaven. But there are many broken temples in this land. There's many good things that have been established in this nation. And that God wants to rebuild those temples, the good things. You know, the, you know, the, those, um, you know, those portals that the men and women of God carried with them are laid down in this nation. They're like broken temples, effectively, for them, and he wants them to be restored. So that the good things, the good things in this land that, that are of God can be restored again for the people like you and I. Okay? He, the Holy Spirit also warned his house that there must be agreement. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. So there must be a union with the Holy Spirit in agreement. His rule must be done. His, my, his rule first. He comes first. He is the Lord. He must come first. His will and purposes. And this is where we need to, this is where we get to the point of dying to self, isn't it? It's not, it's just a, this is when the work, what Andy talked about, character. It's all about dying to self. And this is the good news. This is where the Holy Spirit helps us to die to self. When we ask the Holy Spirit, the helper, he can help us to die to self. That he, will grow, he can dwell in us more and more. He can possess us more and more. So that we can then reflect Jesus, Jesus more and more. Okay? That's how it's done. It's the work of the Holy Spirit transforming us to become like Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do absolutely nothing. We really are. We, we know we'll be flesh, isn't it? It's many flesh in the eyes of God. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit working within us, transform us to become more like Jesus. And, then it, and the thing that, the root that needs to come out is the root of self. That's the difficult one, isn't it? That's when you get deep roots. In a nutshell, what the Holy Spirit wants in us is unconditional surrender. One of the films I used to like is called Unconditional Surrender. And the Holy Spirit wants from each one of us for that journey, for us to be on that journey with being anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants unconditional surrender. You know, I spoke last time about being a true disciple. The price, the cost is to become a true disciple. And like here, for us, for the Holy Spirit to really manifest himself in real glory and power, he wants for us unconditional surrender so that we can reflect the love of the Lord Jesus Christ by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. He, does, he will not share his glory with another. He will not share his glory with another. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will not share with another. And this is where, you know, we have to be, you know, like Galatians 2. We, we have been crucified in Christ, and it's no longer I who lives. Oh, God. <laughs> Andy, you put me off then. <laughs> Galatians 2.20 For we have been crucified in Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me and who loved me. So that's the lifestyle we are called to live in these last days. Galatians 2.20 And so the Holy Spirit taught Reese House, you've got to die to self. That's one of the, the key to get to that deep root of dying to self. Then the Holy Spirit can really blossom in us to reflect Jesus. And some of the issues that the Holy Spirit revealed to Reese House were as follows. 
Love of money. That's one of the root causes that the Holy Spirit revealed to him. Love of money. Personal ambition. Now, on the surface of, thing, of these, you think, oh, you, th- you know, you think you're okay. But the Holy Spirit was going deep into the root, our true foundations. Like I said, love of money, personal ambition, reputation, and the big one, self, itself. So those are the things that the Holy Spirit was revealing to Reese House. You must die to these things. And I'm sure we can all relate to those, can't we? I'm sure we could. I'm sure, I'm sure we can. But again, the good news is the Holy Spirit wants to help us to get rid of those things so that we would only reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. We must learn to die to self. And it's an ongoing journey. It's not, it's not something that we know it's hard, but it's an ongoing journey. But it's worth it to see the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ use you, the Holy Spirit to use you in a beautiful and glorious way that, so that Jesus Christ is lifted up and glorified. So in other words, for us, we must become faceless, nameless, and selfless. Faceless, nameless, and selfish. That's the character we need to reflect. We'll be like that donkey. It's not about us. It's all about the Lord Jesus. We are that donkey carrying the Lord Jesus Christ. So like I said, the Holy Spirit wants in each one of us and it is worth it in return for the Holy Spirit to be glorified in us. In return for the Lord Jesus Christ to be glorified. It is worth it. Yes, it really is, guys. You think it's a price to pay. Yes, it is a price to pay. But that price is worth it. If you want to see Jesus Christ glorified, that people will see the true God. At the moment, they're seeing a false Messiah. They're seeing religion. They're seeing all sorts of stuff. That they're not seeing the Lord Jesus Christ in his power and in his glory. They're not seeing him. They're seeing a false Jesus. That's why the world mocks him. That's why this country mocks him. They are not seeing him. But when he's revealed in each one of us by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then they're saying, we want your God. That's what's going to draw people. It's not the, the talk. That's what's going to draw people unto himself. He would draw all men unto himself, it says, doesn't it? That's what's going to draw him. God is sick and tired of religion. He really is. And we are mocked in this country into the who your God is. But the good news is, the Lord has a plan. And that plan is for us to die and for him, the Holy Spirit, to reign in our bodies if we are willing. But I say to each one of you guys, it is worth it. Because our reward is not on this earth, it's in heaven. But you want to say, the Lord Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. That's what you want to be, because we're not going to spend eternity on this earth, are we? We are not spending, there's a, there's a life, there's a limit. 90, well, however, 100 years, you know, before the Lord might come back much sooner than that. I expect you will. But in general of time, you know, 100 years, and then you have to spend eternity in heaven. So we have to give an account of how we lived our lives on this earth. So we have to give an account. Did we live it for ourselves? Or did we live it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Did I die to self? Or did I just live for myself? We would have to each one give an account. But for Jesus to be glorified and for the world to know who this God is, the God we love and serve, it is worth it. To spend eternity and for the Lord Jesus Christ to say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
That's what we should, our, our reward should be. That's what our reward should be. So that we can spend eternity in the, you know, with the Lord pleased with us. That he was pleased with us. I trusted you when you were small, but now, here's the true treasures. We can talk, I won't go down that another road, but okay, but you get the message that, you know, we need to realise, you know, to put our true value where, you know, let's, you know, think where our true value should be. Our value should be, our investment should be trying to please the Father, pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ and making sure that he is our truly, our true great reward. That's where our true treasure should be, that he is our true great reward, not the things of this world. And then we have the Holy Spirit, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to transform us to become more like Jesus. So, now, what is the output? So, I'm always talking technical, the output, in it? What is the output of the Holy Spirit? You know, how is the Holy Spirit manifested in, in a person? And the true way that the Holy Spirit is manifested in a person is by the expression of love. In a nutshell, the Holy Spirit is manifested in a person by the expression of love of that person. That's the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The transformation of that person is how much love does that person have. Not, to, not in the giftings, those are just gifts. You know, the, you know, the, you know, the gifts, you know, all the power, all the prophecy, word of knowledge, those are gifts. The f- true fruit is in how much love does that person reflect. That's the true character of a person. How much are they reflecting the love of the Lord Jesus? Gifts can come and go, but the true fruit of love will last for into eternity. So, so the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit is the transformation of love in that person. And other things that reflect the transformation of a person of the Holy Spirit, they are driven and, and passionate to do the Father's will. They are driven and passionate to do the Father's will. That's another manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Love of God and love for others. Love of God and love for others. That's a true, another reflection of a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. No care for self, fame or reputation. No care for self, fame or reputation. And you'll see all those character, characteristics reflected in the Lord Jesus Christ and also in John the Baptist. You know both of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, as you well know. Both of them were filled in the Holy Spirit. And look how they reflected. Look, look, look at their lifestyles. They were driven to do the, the, the Father's will. You know, Jesus, I'm, the food I have is to do the Father's will. They, look at John the Baptist, just, you know, telling the people to repent. They were just driven to do the Father's will. They were loving and ministering to people. You need John the Baptist daily, daily, at the river, baptising people to repent. Look at the, the Lord Jesus how much passion, how much compassion he, shared to, he showed to people. When he saw people, the only thing that welled up in him was compassion. No care for money. How they didn't, it wasn't about how much money they had. It wasn't about money. How John the Baptist, you know, how he, he wasn't wearing Armani suits, was he, John the Baptist? He didn't have care for reputation of, let me get my latest gear, make sure I've got my tie, look, I'm looking good. He didn't care for any of that because they are passionate to do the Father's will. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes for me, it's, 
when I look at people, you know, you know, are they reflecting love? Or are they just reflecting their ministry? That's a good test, in my opinion, what I use. Are they reflecting love? Or are they just reflecting their own ministry? How much money have we can, we can, you know, build up? That's, a, you know, I look at people, the spirit, one of the things I like to discern on, is the spirit in a, in a person. How much love are they reflecting? Because if it's all about the money, if it's all about self, well, they've already, I'm already switched off. Yeah, like Andy said, we haven't got time for that anymore. So if you look at the lifestyle of John the Baptist and the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will see it wasn't about reputation, it wasn't about, it wasn't about fame, it wasn't about money, it was all about love, compassion, and doing the Father's will. And like I said, the other things that, and I think I've just mentioned this before, the other things that the Holy Spirit taught these house was, now that the Holy Spirit, now that he used, now that the Holy Spirit owned Reese House, everything that he owned belonged to the Holy Spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit, and he and he's got the driver's seat, so to speak, he is Lord. Everything you have, he owns. Mmm, that's going to be tough one, isn't it? So that means he owns your money, he owns your car, he owns everything. Ooh, house. That's it, absolutely, Heidi. <laughs> you know, I'm teasing myself. This is, I'm on the same journey. Don't you worry, guys. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm on the same journey. Look, the Holy Spirit's working at me, you know, doing the work. So we all, we're all on that journey, aren't we, guys? But it's all worth it. I wouldn't, you know, enjoy the journey, exactly. Okay? So, and those are the things that the Holy Spirit taught these house. And... Those are relevant for us today, aren't they? They are so relevant, for, especially in these last days. They are so relevant for us. But like Andy was saying, it's all about character. And uh, it's the Holy Spirit that does that work within each one of us to change us, to transform us, to become more like Jesus, dying to self so that he would get the glory and not man get the glory. So remember, in, in Luke 9, verse 24, for whosoever, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, he shall save it. You know, dying to self so that we may gain the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, I can't emphasize enough, enough it, it's worth it. Our home, our destiny is heaven, not on this earth. So, how do we get more of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us? How do we get more? of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. How does he possess us more? Well, I'm sure some of you get some clues on this, as of what I've already said. First of all, invite him to take more possession of us. Invite him. He, he's, he will only come if we invite him. He will only come if we invite him. Lord, take all of me, my walks and all. Transform me, make me more like Lord Jesus. Help me to die to self. We can invite the Holy Spirit to take full possession of us so that we can die to self. So we can invite the Holy Spirit to take full possession of us so that we can reflect the Lord Jesus more. Give him permission to break our hard hearts. You know, I'm hard. You know, come, you know, I'm not, you know, God needs to break our hearts, don't we? You know, sometimes they could be softer. They could be more reflecting his love. You know, especially with some of the neighbours we get, you know, some naughty joking. <laughs> But you know what I mean, you know, you know, 
you know, we need to be of love, don't we? We need to be of love and, and compassionate for one another. So, Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. Break my heart for the things that break your heart. Break it, Lord. Break it. Here I am. You love people. You love individuals. You died for them. Help me to have your heart. It's a, it has to be crying out to God for him to take full possession of us so that we can be transformed and become like Jesus Christ by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit working within us. So that's a cry for us to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Just like Maureen talked about being brave and courageous speaking to somebody, we have to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If we, on that, if we, if we, if we can start with the relatively small things, then he can trust us for the bigger things, can't he? Because he knows that we are trustworthy and faithful to the small things. He can then promote us to the bigger things because you're found to be, found to be trustworthy. So, and this, this is a lesson for me. I'm teaching to myself, by the way. Let's be responsive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I believe this is you. Move out in faith. Do not, do not have the fear of man in us. And if we get it wrong, we get it wrong. You know, life goes on. People forget about it. You know, it's no big deal. You know, look what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. We should always remember that, what he went through for us. For us. It's nothing in, in comparison, is it? So, let's help us to be, you know, let's respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we move out in faith. And if we get it wrong, we get it wrong. But we will get it right as we, get, as we learn our spirit, to learn what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. We will start to, our ears will be able to tune up to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then we can be tuned up and then we're able to move in faith. Then we know it's the Holy Spirit and can move out. So, and, see if we trust us, and if he can do these things for us now, this should be a training ground for us to learn ourselves how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. This, in peacetime, needs to be a training ground. Because when things get tougher, when things get darker, we are going to need to hear and the, the discernment of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. You know the story in China, don't you? The churches in China during persecution, when they had to respond to the Holy Spirit to go to a certain gathering to come and have fellowship with one another. They didn't have Wi-Fi or the phone. They know that if they use those um, devices, you know, the, the, uh, the police, the persecution police would come out and find them. So they had to be learned to be tuned to hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would say to each individual, meet at this certain place at this certain time. That's what took place under the persecution in China. And they were trained to do that. So they would go to the secret place and have fellowship with one another and with the Lord. And not only that, the, their Bibles were confiscated as well. So they didn't have, weren't allowed to carry Bibles. So what they did also was to memorise scriptures. So each, you know, each person there would memorise a, a section of scripture so that when they come to the meetings, if somebody said Luke, Luke 9 verse 24, somebody said, who's got that piece of scripture? Who's memorised that piece of scripture? That the person would stand up and, and speak what Luke 9 verse 24 said. So they were trained up to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit was saying to them individually and this is when like i said when the things get darker we need to get ourselves trained up to hear the voice of the holy spirit this is our opportunity to, to this is our training ground this is our training ground in peacetime 
this is our opportunity to get trained up to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when things get darker, you know, it might be a bit we too get late. Lighter. We get lighter. Amen. But we need to learn to be trained by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And also, how we can more of the Holy Spirit within us. Spend as much time with the, with the Lord in fellowship, in your quiet time. You can never spend enough, you cannot spend en- enough, you cannot spend enough time with the Lord in your quiet time. There's, he's always waiting for you to have fellowship with him. So spend as much time with the Lord as, as possible because he wants to fellowship with you. So those are some of the aspects of what we can do to get more of the Holy Spirit within us so that we will change our character to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ more. So, that's it. So let's just, can we just quickly pray? So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you sent a helper who would help us in this time and this hour. So Heavenly Father, I just pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that we would allow the Holy Spirit to take full possession of us. That we would allow the Holy Spirit to change us and to transform us, to become like Jesus. And that we become that light where there is darkness. Work in each one of us, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.